Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the Bit... Brand new Smash, maybe. Okay. I had a different episode queued up to go live this week, but no. Nintendo at E3, that gets my top priority. I woke up, I caught Nintendo's Direct, I saw what they had to offer, and... Let's be real, Smash Brothers Ultimate is what everyone's going to remember from E3, from Nintendo's conference, you know, unless you're the you're the one guy who just really wanted to know what they'd be doing with Xenoblade 2, and, you know, good for you. I'm, I'm sure we'll get more elaboration on that later, but for everyone else, we're, we're going to focus on Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now, this is being recorded on the night of the 12th. So, the night of the big reveal. So, anything else that's revealed in the intervening days will not be able to be included in this episode. And that, that's kind of the danger of recording in advance, but I really wanted the raw night of feel to this. So, we're going to do it. And I'll, I'll just get the other games out of the way first. Damon X Machina. No clue what that is. Xenoblade 2 DLC. Looks cool. Still need to play the actual game, though. Let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. Doesn't really seem like my kind of thing, at least not at first glance. Super Mario Party. Looks pretty fun. I'd need to know more, though. New Fire Emblem game. Very nice. Fortnite coming to Switch. That is a super popular game, so Nintendo's probably printing money as we speak. A whole bunch of indie games, then a montage of other games that aren't really indie but have already been pre-announced. Surprisingly, no Mario Odyssey DLC, at least not on the 12th. And okay, done. Now we can talk about Smash Brothers Ultimate. Every character ever! Every fighter that's ever graced the Smash Brothers series with their presence is joining the party. Even Pichu, even Solid Snake, even Young Link, they're all back, they're all together, and so many returning stages too. We're at over 60 fighters, over 60 stages, and, you know, not even the returning stuff. We've got the Inklings from Splatoon, which we already knew about. They decided to add Princess Daisy at long last, and the big boy himself, Ridley from Metroid. It wasn't that long ago that Henry and I were talking about him in the other episode, how they'd have to settle for making him the biggest character. I guess they were listening. This episode will mostly just be me going over the 65 to 66, however many characters there are, my associated thoughts with each one as I go, and I'm going to do it in order of when they debuted in that first trailer. No doubt I'll come back to this game with a guest in a future episode and get their opinion and kind of converse with them, especially after we let the dust settle a bit. But right now, it's just you, me, and approximately 66 video game all-stars. The first character is Mario. So Mario looks mostly the same. He still has the flood move that no one really likes. He still has his cape and all that. His hat now has eyeballs, referencing Cappy from Super Mario Odyssey. I don't really know how that comes into play just yet. He also gets alternate costumes based on his wedding outfit from that game, and the construction outfit from Super Mario Maker. They're really going to have a lot of fun with the alternate costumes, I can tell. I saw some of them in a YouTube video that was kind of demonstrating them on the show floor, and I think the demo version might not be including all the different outfits, because... 
I saw some in the trailers that just weren't shown on the show floor video, so if you're really worried about certain costumes not making the cut for whatever reason, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that, but Mario looks generally the same to me, and, you know, if I forget a detail, you know, you're gonna have to forgive me, I've got, like, 65 characters to get through, so... Uh, Samus. Samus looks mostly the same as usual. Let's see, Kirby. Kirby also looks the same. They decided to draw attention to the fact that one of his stone transformations is a Breath of the Wild treasure chest. That's alright, I guess. Bowser. Very monstrous. They changed his final smash, so now instead of stomping around as Giga Bowser, you just get one punch as Giga Bowser. It's really cool. I'm not the biggest fan of Bowser's color scheme in this game. I kind of liked how he looked in the fourth game a little more, but, you know, it's not a big deal. Link! Link has definitely gotten a makeover thanks to Breath of the Wild. I was a little worried that he would just be one big love letter to that game, and they would just forget all the other things that made Link cool, all the other costumes and stuff, but he does get an alternate costume that looks like his normal classical clothes, even if that was a version of it that showed up in Breath of the Wild, and, you know, despite the changes, he still looks like he plays a lot like the Link we've come to know, and to be honest, I like the remote-controlled bomb detonation that he has. I liked that in Breath of the Wild, too. His final smash being the ancient arrows, that kind of, it's kind of funny that he pretty much took Zelda's old final smash. She gets a new one, but we'll get to her later, but Link, he's not too different. I was a little worried, but I feel better now. Donkey Kong. There's been pictures of his different facial expressions that have caught on like wildfire. The characters are all very expressive this time around. Donkey Kong really shows it off. He's got a way better Final Smash this time. Now he just barrages the other guy with a series of punches. And no, no more bongo minigames. That was just not really fun at all. Fox and Falco... They both look like they did in Star Fox Zero, which is a game that I kind of keep forgetting exists. Oh, that's not the most flattering thing, but, you know, anything to add to their arsenal. Speaking of their arsenals, their final smashes are now just air fire from all the R-Wings on their team. They don't use the Landmaster tanks anymore, which is good because I don't think anyone really liked that so much. You know, Falco himself, he prefers the air, so, you know... We get Marth, who is now voiced by his English voice actor, Yuri Lowenthal. I'm going to kind of miss his Japanese voice, but you know what? Fire Emblem has been pretty westernized at this point, and Yuri Lowenthal has voiced Marth in almost all the English versions of him that there have been, so it's time, I think. We, we let Marth speak English. Zelda. Her new design resembles her appearance in... Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. They didn't really want to use her Breath of the Wild design, which is a little unfortunate because I really like that appearance, but I love this one too, so really, she's, she still looks really fun and happy. The Twilight Princess version of her, she just looked kind of bored and disinterested the whole time, and that can be kind of funny, but it it didn't really make Zelda really fun, so I'm, I'm glad that they did that, and I'm glad that they're referencing A Link Between Worlds. I'm sure Henry would really appreciate that as well. We both really love that game. I love it much more than Breath of the Wild, but I'm not gonna keep I'm not gonna keep referencing that. Don't worry. Anyway, she gets a new Final Smash. It's this 
Triforce of Wisdom, where she traps the enemy in the Triforce of Wisdom, and then it explodes and it launches them. It's kind of weird, but, you know, you kind of expect that after a while. Now, Sheik is still a separate character from Zelda. If you remember the episode I did with Henry, she was one of the characters I would have been okay with getting rid of, but she's still here. But, you know, everyone is here, so I can't really say much about that, but hey, I'll, I'll take it. I don't know if Sheik will still use the light arrows or not, and I'm not entirely sure which version of Sheik this is supposed to be. I don't believe it's the Hyrule Warriors version of her. I don't believe it's the Ocarina of Time version of her, and I don't believe it's the version of her that we've seen in Smash Brothers. I could just be mistaken, because for as much research as I tried to do for this in a single day, there are going to be some things slipping through the cracks. The next person to be back is the villager from Animal Crossing. I remember when they were introduced for the previous Smash Brothers game, they quickly gained a reputation of being secretly creepy and bloodthirsty. I don't think people have that same idea now, I'm not sure, but Animal Crossing villager seems to be mostly the same. They had this ability where they could pick up items and put them in their pocket and hold on to them for later. Now, on the heads-up display, it'll actually show you what you're carrying at the time, so you can more easily remember that kind of thing. I think that'll be useful. I hardly used that when I played as the villager, so maybe this would incentivize it a bit more. Also, I didn't play as the villager very much, so that might also have to do with it. Meta Knight is back. I... Don't know if they're going to do anything different with him. They really toned him down after Brawl. He might have been a little too weak in the fourth game. I'm not quite sure because I don't really play the competitive side or anything, but people seem to like him more. The next character on the list is the first Pokemon to be introduced in this game, Mewtwo. It's kind of funny that they show off Mewtwo before Pikachu. Almost like getting it out of the way that, yes, Mewtwo is in the game, don't worry, after he was removed before Brawl and everyone missed him, and how everyone was excited to get him back in the fourth game, here he is, shown off pretty early in the trailer just to get people's fears out of the way, and he's paired up with Meta Knight, so, you know, you get the edgiest characters in their respective series together. Next up is Sonic, our first guest character to make an appearance in this trailer. Not really surprised to see Sonic back. He's really considered to be an honorary Nintendo character in some circles, despite their history. Or maybe because of his history. It's kind of hard to tell. Princess Peach. It's noticeable that the Toad that she summons for her standard B move now does a little bit more fighting than it used to. It kind of takes a bit of a role in the combo abilities. We get Pikachu, the mascot Pokemon introduced after Mewtwo in this trailer. It gets a few more hat designs, one based off the female trailer from Pokemon Sun and Moon. It also gets the masked wrestling costume that was introduced in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, and then brought into Pokémon Tournament. Also, the Volt Tackle Final Smash looks to be a little bit more manageable this time. I should say that about Sonic's Final Smash as well. Both of those were pretty hard for me to control in the past, but they look a little more streamlined here. The Ice Climbers are back, and they are just adorable and very expressive. The, the new game really complements them aesthetically. I don't know how workable they are compared to before. I know you could really do a lot of crazy exploits with Nana separately from Popo, and I think they kind of nerfed Nana a bit in that regard. It's a little hard to say. 
I do know that during their final smash, you are no longer in control of them as the iceberg appears. They just kind of get carried into the air by the pterodactyl. Next is the inkling. It looks like they won't be able to swim around in the ink, which is kind of to be expected because that'd be kind of a crazy thing to do. And the inkling looks like their main thing is just covering the other characters in paint because once they're covered in paint, they'll be susceptible to even more damage. And all the inklings, different costumes get their own ink color. So you don't really get too confused. Also looks like they're paint will run out and need to be replenished, but it's as easy as shielding and pressing B. It recharges really fast, I'm told, so nothing to worry about too much. Their final smash is the Killer Whale from Splatoon, which is basically a big blast from an amp that blasts paint at them, and it's practically a one-shot. It kind of looks like Samus's zero laser ability. Captain Falcon, he's back. I think time slows down whenever he connects a falcon punch. They're finally giving that technique its due spectacle. Zero Suit Samus, she seems mostly the same. Her final smash is a little bit different, but it's generally the same concept. She gets a strike from her ship, basically, that's about it. The Wii Fit Trainer looks a little less dead inside. She still comes in female and male variants. I think it was a good idea for them to redesign them. It said in the trailer that that aspect was actually a favor from the Wii Fit developers. So I guess they just kind of went up to Sakurai's like, Hey, uh, can you make her look less like a mannequin that's about to kill everyone? The Pokemon trainer is back. That kind of disappointed me at first because I actually really liked Charizard by himself. But... They did confirm that there's no more stamina, so you can play as Charizard as long as you want, or Ivysaur, or Squirtle. So, really, not too much I can complain about with there. And Charizard keeps its Flare Blitz attack, so they really kind of kept the best of Charizard. I guess there'll be no more Mega Evolution Charizard, but I think they're canceling Transformation Final Smashes. They're turning them more into straight-up attacks, which... Makes sense. They said that they want to get to the point. Also, there is now the female variation of the Pokemon trainer. She's commonly referred to as Leaf, while the male is referred to as Red. And she was in Fire Red and Leaf Green, so guess where they got the name? So all the alternate costumes for the Pokemon trainer refer to the trainer themselves, not the Squirtle, Ivysaur, and Charizard. So it'll be a little interesting seeing what they do with that. If they do anything with that, probably will. Ness is back. Now for his final smash, the stars in the PK Starstorm come in from all kinds of different angles. And he's got Paula and Pooh, who are his friends in the game. They're gonna help him cast it. Also, how did Nintendo get away with naming a character Pooh? I'm asking this like 20-something years after the game already came out, but it still boggles my mind. Getting off subject. Lucas is also back. Still very similar to Ness, but instead of Paula and Pooh, he gets Kumatora and his dog, Boney. In Mother 3, Boney never really used PSI abilities, so it's kind of weird seeing him help with PK Starstorm. But now you know what? He's too adorable. I won't really bother him about it. Lucas still looks a little bit happier like he did in the last game. He's not frowning like he was in Brawl. It's really a nice touch. Kind of shows that, you know, he's in a better place now. Ryu! From Street Fighter, he is judging you 
Look at his official character render, just the way his arms are folded and he's scowling. He, he knows what you've been doing. He knows that you haven't been working out as much as he has. He looks mostly the same as he has been, but in one-player mode, he will now always face his opponent. And that's kind of nice. Well, okay, one-player mode, I mean one-on-one -on -one fights. That's a better way of putting it. And that's kind of true to how he was in the Street Fighter series, so it's really good that they kept that in mind, and it kind of helps Ryu feel a bit more like himself. Ganondorf. The most apparent thing about him is that he now resembles his appearance from Ocarina of Time, just like he did back in Melee, and I think that's a better look for him overall, so I'm pretty glad they did that. He still looks a lot like a Captain Falcon-esque fighter, but... He has been shown to be using different sword techniques for his smash attacks, so they finally did it. They're finally letting Ganondorf use his sword, which is a thing that people have been really upset about, and now he finally has it. Especially because they're saying that custom moves won't be in this game after they were in the last one. So that was Ganon's only opportunity to use a sword in that game, so... It's good that they kind of kept that in mind, and I know Sakurai in the past has been really reluctant to change Ganondorf, because Ganondorf was actually one of his favorites to play as, I've heard, and, you know, that's a sort of bias that you kind of have to start working around, but, you know, like with many other aspects of this game, he decided to just kind of let the fans have what they want, and that was really cool of him. And Ganondorf just looks great. He just looks really powerful and amazing like he always does. Ike, one of the other characters I said I'd be okay with getting rid of, but, eh, you know, he's here. He's voiced by a different person than he was in the last few games. I believe he's voiced by Greg Chun, but I don't have, you know, a resource on my screen right now, so I can't really check. Alex goes to Twitter. Okay, I checked his Twitter. I think he's involved in the game in some capacity. I know he has a history of voicing Fire Emblem characters. I'll have to look more into that later, but... Anyway, Ike is a little bit different now in that regard, so that makes me hopeful that they won't just recycle voice clips for all the other characters like they have been doing. Also, his default look is what he looked like in Brawl and his first appearance. Meanwhile, in the fourth game, he was more muscular to match his appearance in Radiant Dawn. So, going back to the Path of Radiance look, but still keeping his other appearance as an alternate costume, that's a nice touch. It's kind of a for, for all the different fans of the different versions of Ike, they all get something they want. Cloud Strife, the soldier first class, according to himself, he's back in this game. That was kind of surprising, really, but I'm not going to complain about it at all. I mean, Cloud, you know? He's, you know, Cloud! <laughs> I, I, can I emphasize that enough? I'm, I'm still not entirely over it, even though he's been involved in Smash Brothers since 2016. If they're going to turn Marth into an English-speaking character in at least the English version, I'm wondering if they're finally going to bring Steve Burton in to voice Cloud in the Western releases of this game, because it'd be kind of weird to still have Cloud in exclusively Japanese audio. Either way, he looks like he keeps a lot of the same gimmicks as he did before, which can be troublesome because his limits were pretty controlling. They... They were a little too good. However, in the heads-up display, you can now see his limit meter at any time, so you'll have a bit more of a clue as to when he might be close to pulling off a limit compared to in the previous game, so that might help a little bit. 
Solid Snake. He kept us waiting, but he's back, and he looks mostly the same. Not entirely the same, but he's the Solid Snake that we all know and love. Really great to see him back. No one really expected him to be back. And it's just, can I say that it's great enough times? But quick, how many times have I said it's great so far? But yeah, Solid Snake is back. The first guest we've ever had in Smash Brothers. He's here now. I don't know if he's going to have any like codec calls like he used to. I hope he does, because they were way better than what they were doing with Pit and Palutena. And David Hayter has confirmed that he's voicing him in this. So that's great, and you know what? That, that kind of gives me even more hope for the codec calls if they brought him in to record stuff. Also, I'm really wondering what a Solid Snake amiibo would be like now. Uh, they changed his series logo to be the exclamation mark. It used to be the Foxhound symbol, which is also the Kojima production symbol. But you know what? Despite the sadness of Kojima leaving Konami, I still think the exclamation mark is a more fitting symbol. It's a very recognizable and iconic part of Metal Gear. And it was around this time in the trailer when Snake was there, the caption that said, Everyone is here popped up. And they meant it, because the next characters we saw were Jigglypuff, which was expected, then Pichu. Pichu, the joke character from Melee, the little baby Pikachu that damages itself when it uses its special techniques. So... That was pretty much the, you know, the final nail in the coffin. Everyone really is here. Like, I expected to see literally every Smash Brothers character for the remainder of the trailer, and I was not disappointed. Jigglypuff, then Pichu. Pichu still damages itself, which I'm not really sure why. I'm not really sure how many people are really fans of playing as Pichu, but sure, why not? Let's, let's have Pichu back. He's cute. I, I don't mind. I'm greedy like that. Next up is Roy, you know, the guy who's known for being our boy. I liked him in the fourth game. I surprisingly got attached to him again after... Actually, no, it wasn't a surprise. I liked him more in Melee, too. I, I didn't really realize how much I missed him until he came back, though. But he's here again, too, ready to be our boy forevermore. Captain Olimar from the Pikmin series... He looks like he's mostly the same. He still has three Pikmin instead of five, but, you know, they keep the good aspects that they changed, like the flying Pikmin recovery and the removal of randomization in his Pikmin order, so I can live with that. They also keep him with his ALF alternate costume, which I think is kind of a letdown. I feel like they could have used this opportunity to make ALF into, you know, his own character. They decided not to do that. Okay, that just kind of makes him stick out a little more like a sore thumb. Like, with Bowser Jr., that's kind of the point of the character, is to switch between all the different Koopa kids. With Olimar, it's just kind of a random thing. That's weird. Diddy Kong, he's back again, and it's about time too. And that's all I really have to say about that. Lucario, also back. I'm not really sure what they're going to be doing for his final smash. I imagine it will be some kind of transformation into Mega Lucario, and then he'll pummel the other guys or blast them with aura, because, like I said, they seem to be getting rid of, or at least streamlining, the transformation-based Final Smashes. Lucina is back. She's still a clone of Marth, or an echo of Marth, as they like to say. 
I'm not really sure what I think of the term Echo character. That's that's their official term for the clone characters now. And I feel like clone is already too prevalent to really override. But I guess Echo sounds cooler. And, you know, when the name sounds cooler, you're more likely to go along with it. So I guess that's kind of them, you know, owning it. It's like, yeah, they're a similar character. Isn't that cool? Don't, don't you want to have another character like this? You know, don't you want to have fun with it? It's like, okay, that's that, that's bold. That's bold, Sakurai. I'll, I'll deal with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like Lucina anyway. Robin is back, and now there's a little meter at the bottom, so you can tell how much longer their weapon will last before it breaks. That really should have been in the previous version, so I'm glad it's here now. And you can still switch between male and female Robin. Bayonetta. Ooh, Bayonetta. She is herself still she gets to use guns and snake does not because there was a thing where snake couldn't use guns in smash brothers brawl he could only use his explosives and cqc but eh, you know what it's fine snake can get by without bayonetta though she has been i'm not in the competitive scene but i've heard from a competitive player i know that bayonetta just wrecked everything like she was way too good and i'm hearing that she's still way too good you know, there's there's always time to patch things to kind of even it out, but I'm not really sure what they'll do with Bayonetta. It's a little worrying that they seem to be going for the same pitfall as they did before, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Speaking of pit, that's later. Greninja is the next character. The frog ninja Pokemon introduced in X and Y. He was probably one of the characters I thought would be most likely to be removed after the previous game, but nope, he gets to join everyone else, which, you know, by this point, kind of expect, but, you know, that's fine. (laughs) You know, the more the merrier, as they always say. Greninja is Greninja. There's a lot of jokes about how every single patch nerfs Greninja. It's kind of a meme at this point, but it's, it's really not that bad. Like, Greninja's actually gained some ground with some patches, so it's... Well, they just kind of discredited They don't really know what they're talking about. Mr. Game & Watch, my favorite from Melee, besides Dr. Mario, he's back. For a lot of his special abilities, he actually takes on the appearance of the characters from the different Game & Watch games. So now, when he flips the bacon for his natural move, that, that just sounds weird to say, but when he flips the bacon, he transforms into the little chef guy instead of just pulling out a frying pan and he does the same thing for all his other moves, and I'll be honest, I appreciate what they're trying to do with that, but I don't really like it. I think it's just a little jarring. I'm I'm just used to Game & Watch being himself, but okay, I guess that'll be a thing now. Looks like his octopus attack is a little different, too. It looks like the tentacles, they don't knock you away anymore. They grab you, and you can kind of float off the edge of the screen and kill your opponents with that, and he'll be fine. So that seems a little different. They're kind of doing some stuff with Game & Watch. I'm very curious about that. Rob is Rob. He's the robotic operating buddy again. He has lights on his spinal column that kind of seem to denote how much fuel he has left so that his recovery move isn't as unlimited as it used to be. If it was unlimited, I didn't play enough of Rob to really figure that out. Dr. Mario is back, and I don't really know what to say about that. He didn't really get a lot of focus, but it's cool to see Dr. Mario again. I mean, at this point, I knew that he would be back, but I I still think back to the days of the 3DS and Wii U game when I saw him again. I was like, like, what? You? They brought you back? Oh, because, you know, he was one of my favorites in Melee, and I didn't really expect to see him again, and 
A lot of people weren't really, really that fond of him, but I always liked Dr. Mario. I have the Dr. Mario amiibo. It's just really cool. Duck Hunt. The dog is back. He's in glorious Nintendo Switch HD. You can see the strands of fur on him. But you never thought you'd see that dog in such detail. He seems to be mostly the same. Pit. We're back to Pit now. They changed his final smash, so it's no longer the three sacred treasures. I don't know why they changed that, but okay, I guess I can live with that. Now his final smash is the Lightning Chariot. Functionally, it's the same as the Giga Bowser Punch and the Dragoon item. You just move the crosshair, and when the time is up, you attack. Should be an instant KO, if not close to one. So that's cool. Dark Pit seems to be generally the same. It's kind of funny still. Okay, so Dark Pit's history, for people who might not know, is that Pit in Brawl had an alternate costume that was all black. He was like a fallen angel, and that was a popular look for him. So then they made Kid Icarus Uprising, and they decided to make that its own character, Dark Pit. And then in Smash Bros. 4, they had spare times, so they just decided to make Dark Pit his own character, his own Echo character. And that was met with some consternation. I didn't really mind that much. You'll, you'll notice that I don't mind a whole lot when it comes to the Smash Bros. characters. But he's in this game now, so... He's kind of one of those characters who's a little more connected to Smash Brothers than his own source material. It's kind of like Lucas and Captain Falcon in that way, but it is what it is. Palutena, the goddess of light herself, really wondering what they're going to do with her, because if the custom moves aren't around, that kind of eats away at a lot of her abilities, because her whole gimmick was the fact that her B special moves were determined by the custom ones to an even greater degree than all the other characters. Everyone else had, like, variation attacks. She had whole cloth new attacks based on the customs, but I think they're gonna maybe just cherry-pick the best ones, or maybe just stick with the standard ones, but, but from what I've seen in the trailers and what I've heard, she seems to be more fun to use than she was before. I didn't really get a lot out of her outside of special custom moves, so I guess we'll see what they'll do with her. Corin from Fire Emblem Fates is back, this time not advertising a brand new game, it's just they're an established character now. They are pretty much the same as they were before, I believe. I don't actually know. I do have experience with writing for Corin strategies based on a group of competitive Corin players I've come across in the past. But yeah, Corin seems to be pretty much the same as before. I liked using Corin, so I think I'll have fun with them this time too. Just like Robin, you can alternate between the male and female Corins. Bowser Jr., as the announcer would say. Looks like Bowser Jr. is also back and also able to switch between the Koopalings just like before. I know at this point saying that someone is back is kind of redundant since that's the whole premise of the game, but yeah, you know, just kind of humor me, please. It's it's late. I've got like 60 characters and I'm most of the way there. <laughs> but yeah, the Koopalings are also his alternate costumes. It's still the vehicular moveset that he used to have in the games. It's pretty neat. Toon Link is back. I liked Toon Link in Brawl. Didn't use him as much in the fourth game, but he was still the character that I came to know and love, so nothing really wrong with that. And surprisingly, in spite of everything else, Young Link is back from Melee. Like, I figured Young Link 
was Toon Link, more or less, but they decided to make them distinct characters, and, well, you know what, Hyrule Warriors did it too, so I can see Smash Brothers following suit, and they're more similar to each other than either of them are to Link, now that he's gone all Breath of the Wild on us. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Young Link he seems to be based kind of on Majora's Mask version of himself, so I can deal with that. That's my favorite Zelda game. The only other thing I can think of to say is that his milk-drinking taunt takes up less time. So, you know, there's that. King DDD. He is back and as DDD as ever. This time, his final smash is to somehow teleport an opponent to a cage match where he fires missiles at them and puts on his mask from Superstar Ultra and Triple Deluxe, and he'll just do a big old hammer swing, knocking them into the fence, like, real painful looking, like, King DDD's not messing around. It's really weird how DDD and Pit, they've had different Final Smashes in every single game they've been in. Some of the characters have changed Final Smashes between Brawl and the fourth game, but... Pit and DDD are the only ones where I can think of where they actually have three different final smashes. It's like they can't decide on a move. Next is Rosalina and the Luma. It is very interesting choice. I still remember being a little surprised with that, but Rosalina's really kind of come into her own as a full-fledged part of the Mario cast. A little surprised it took them this long to get around to it, and by this long, I mean until five years ago. The Mii Fighters are back, and their body proportions are a little different, and this time you can change their voices. They actually get voices now. I'm not sure if they'll have custom moves either, or if they'll have super cool outfit ideas. I kind of hope they do, because that was actually a lot of the fun of having the Mii Fighters. You know, I'm not too surprised that the Mii Fighters are back, you know, with everyone else. I'm really wondering if they're going to try to go for any possible Miitopia references. I doubt it, but it would be nice to see. Wario is back. He might have his shoulder tackle ability that people wanted him to have in the fourth game that he didn't. Little Mac is also back, and his final smash now, he doesn't just change into Gigamac. He changes into Gigamac and unleashes a barrage of punches. So, really, a lot of punching final smashes... Pac-Man is back. Uh, yeah, he's, he's Pac-Man. He sure is Pac-Man, all right. Yeah, I should be fair. I, I'm really excited to see Pac-Man. I remember when he was first unveiled for the previous game, I kept watching the trailer over and over because I kept thinking he would not be in the game if I stopped watching it. It's just like, I, I have to keep seeing this or else it won't be true anymore. Shulk is still really feeling it, and now his Monado arts are a little more streamlined. I got used to the order in which they happened in the previous game, and I think you can still do it like that, where you just press B to cycle through the different ones, but now there's a version of it where if I, I believe if you hold B, but don't take my word for it, but if you press the button and tilt the control stick in a certain direction, you can just choose any of his Monado arts at will, so he'll be a little easier to control, hopefully. Also, in his final smash during the chain attack, they decided to include Fiora, which is weird for two reasons, because one, that makes it a fourth character in the chain attack, and you can only have three party members in a fight in his game. And another thing is the fact that it kind of gets into some Xenoblade spoilers, but I guess they decided to assume that most people who care would have already played the game by now. Well, other than that, Fiora's cool, so I don't mind seeing her. 
I wonder if they'll let her have any voice clips in the chain attack like they do with Dunban and Ricky. Wolf, he's back, and he can't let us do that, so he's gonna beat up all the other characters. It's really cool to see Wolf again. He's probably one of the most surprising exclusions in the previous game, but it's good to see him again, and he's also based off his Star Fox Zero iteration. He looks a little more monstrous and fierce than he used to, and I think that's pretty cool. Mega Man, this time his final smash also not only includes the different versions of himself, but also Proto Man and Bass. I don't know who Bass is, but I know who Proto Man is, that's Mega Man's brother. You'll notice that I don't actually know a lot about Mega Man. That's like one of the classic series I actually don't have any familiarity with beyond surface level concepts. But it's good to see Mega Man is, you know, just as cool as he was then. And then the trailer ends with Luigi and Yoshi, because Nintendo has gone back to disrespecting Luigi. Oh well. I mean, if it's any consolation, Yoshi appears after him, even if it is to make Luigi even more of a joke. And Luigi and Yoshi, they seem pretty much the same. Yoshi's eggs, they bounce now. I only know that because my competitive associate was really happy to know that they bounce, and... Uh, probably sounds like a big deal. Like, I, I can kind of see how that might work as a game changer for Yoshi. And then, besides the Inkling, I did mention they introduced two new characters. I already named them earlier in the podcast, but that was a while ago. So we have Daisy, an Echo character. Leave it to Sakurai to blatantly advertise a clone character and still manage to get people excited about it. She is one of the last remaining prominent Mario characters to be unaccounted for in Smash Brothers. At best, she was a trophy or an alternate color scheme for Princess Peach. Now she's here, and she actually looks a lot more fun than I expected her to be. I'm, I'm kind of warming up to her already. That's the magic of Sakurai, including characters in Smash Brothers. He just takes any idea that you might not like, and then once you see it, it's like, you know, okay, this could be fun, or maybe that's just me. And Ridley, he is so big that he has to kind of crouch into a feral position for a lot of his fighting. And Ridley really lives up to his reputation of being a bloodthirsty, ruthless space pirate. He has very violent moves, like a tail stab that can instantly KO another character, and they won't even get knocked away. They'll just fall down right then and there, and then explode, like if they just went off screen or something. He has another move where he'll just grab a character and scrape them along the floor. His final smash is to have the other character thrown onto Samus's ship like a piece of trash or something, and then blast it and the character out of the sky. It's crazy. He's ruthless. Whew. So how's that for the most ambitious crossover in history? Besides fighters, we also get so many items and stages. So, so many. Listing the characters took a lot out of me, so I'm just I'm just gonna skim over the general highlights of everything else. Items and stages, most of the stages are returning, but I do think that they picked a lot of the good ones. Well, they picked most of the ones, so you know, that's not saying a whole lot. I'm not too fond of the new Breath of the Wild stage, and it's it almost seems like a running joke at this point for me to not be too thrilled with Breath of the Wild, but honestly, it seems like kind of a lazy stage and too obvious of a choice, but you know what, uh, I, I don't mind, you know, there's so many other stages, I can't really complain. 
And, you know, on the other hand, Moray Towers, the Splatoon stage, it looks pretty unique. I haven't seen a stage formatted in this weird crisscrossing pattern like that one with an emphasis on verticality. I think I saw a New Donk City stage in there somewhere during one of the trailers. It might have been shown off during the Invitational Tournament, but I missed most of that, so I'd have to see. It would make sense for there to be a New Donk City stage, and that's... Not only are they doing Final Destination modes of all the stages, but they're doing Battlefield modes, too. Now, I've heard people say that Battlefield is actually the better stage than Final Destination because its platforms allow for more strategies, and they don't favor ranged characters. So... In that sense, the Final Destination modes were a kind of poorly thought out idea. It looks like the devs listened to that because now we have the Battlefield modes. And I gotta say, I am especially looking forward to the stages for my own reason. It's to listen to all the new music. We're gonna be getting some new music, not just from Breath of the Wild and Splatoon, but I heard Jump Up Superstar in one of Mario's clips, and I heard a Triforce Heroes remix in Toon Link's video. The website even lists a few new songs, like Vegas theme from Street Fighter, so that gets me excited that we're going to hear a lot of new music, and I should point out that the main theme of this game is much better than the one we got in the last game. That one was kind of repetitive and simple, it didn't really do a whole lot. This one really amps up the hype. By the way, smashbrothers.com, go check it out, see for yourself, listen for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it, you can see all this for yourself if you go to smashbrothers.com, I highly recommend it. The new artwork for everyone looks especially gorgeous. Anyway, the assist characters. Waluigi and Lin did not get promoted. I kind of thought they would. It's, it's, a, it's a little sad, Waluigi still doesn't get to fight, and now Daisy does, but, you know, it's strangely fitting for Waluigi. Everybody cheating but me! The Squid Sisters, I had a feeling they'd show up in some form or another. I think we also get some Alolan Pokemon. The Sukapon guy, I remember seeing a trophy of him before, now he's an assist character. I don't really know much about him, but he's pretty cool. I'm glad that they're adding new assist characters. Bomberman! Bomberman is also an assist character. And he's the first occasion of an assist character that is a guest from a different series. Usually they're just fighters, but no, Bomberman's just an assist. I wonder if it's because Konami owns the Bomberman property now, and Snake is in the game, and, you know, Konami owns Snake now. Kojima no longer has the rights to him, so... Also, Rodan from Bayonetta is here as an assist trophy now. He looks cool. I also saw Knuckles the Echidna and Crystal from Star Fox, and, you know, there are probably more that I'm missing. I'm not really sure what the situation is. Oh, and the game will be compatible with the GameCube controller. Nintendo really struck gold with Melee. The love for that game that pervades the entire Smash Bros. fandom has been keeping that controller relevant way past the GameCube's end. That's a legacy right there. And I think that about does it. I'm really kind of tired of talking about this for now. I've been at it for a while. Like I said, I'm most likely going to revisit this game in the future, so look forward to that. And so you'll know when it is. You could try subscribing to the BitCast on Podcast One if you felt like it. And you can also find the show on iTunes. And, you know, tell all your friends. Get them in the loop on Smash Brothers. In the meantime, I will see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.